St. John. This is Deaconess Dahlia. I am here with Pastor Adam. Hey, y'all. And we have our very first post-sermon podcast for you guys. Yeah, we'll see how this experiment goes. Yeah. How are you feeling about this? I am anxious that the recording actually works and it is, you know, decent for all yours ears. It did take us some time to set up all this tech equipment, or I should say it took you quite some time to set it all up, but we have it figured out and we'll just see how this goes. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Shall we get started? I think so. All right. So we are talking about your sermon from Transfiguration Sunday. So tell us, what was the central teaching of your sermon? Uh, Sure. Uh, We were looking at Luke chapter 9. And I really wanted to focus on the idea of the disciples sleeping and just connected that to uh, the idea of they do wake up and they see the transfiguration as this holy moment, is this moment filled with awe. And I I think about those times in our lives, and yet there's also in Luke's gospel later on when the disciples are sleeping in the garden in the Mount of Olives, and they wake up to Jesus saying, you know, rise, pray, my betrayer is coming. And so just to think about those times in our lives, you know, we we go to sleep and what do we wake up to? And I thought that was a relatable way to um, think about our life as disciples in Christ. I'm really glad you brought up that painting that you were describing, the the image, right? Uh, The agony in the garden. Yeah, yeah. uh, I stumbled across it recently. Uh, It's by Andrea Montagna. I forget. It's like a 15th century painting. I don't remember exactly. Sure. I'm wondering how many people looked up that painting, too. Well, actually, you... I forgot to mention it for the second service, but if you're in the second service, it's the agony in the garden. It should be pretty easy to find. Yeah, there you go. This is why you should listen to the podcast so you there can get the information Pastor forgets to mention on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so, and I noticed that you brought that out throughout the the sermon about the, the imagery. Why do you think that was important to include some kind of image when uh, preaching? Uh, sure. Uh, each time uh, when you write a sermon, you, you do try to think about, so how do you present the information, the, the teaching that you want to get across? And I remember seeing this painting, and I thought it'd be a helpful way for us to begin with it, think about the Mount of Transfiguration. And then we return to the painting, and I do a little misdirection. You know, It's not actually about the Transfiguration, but it's about the Mount of Olives. And, and by journeying through the middle part of the sermon and the reflection and the meditation there, by the time we return to the painting, we have we have changed, and we have we approach this painting now with a new perspective, and and honestly, with eyes to look on and see our Savior praying, acknowledging the suffering and death that awaits him, and uh, the mysterious comfort that we have in the suffering of Jesus. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, and something that I really liked that that you mentioned about the painting was with the disciples sleeping. And one of the last things that you said in the sermon was how when we go to sleep, it's a rehearsal for death. And then when we wake up, it's a rehearsal for the resurrection. And it is interesting to think how the physical things in our lives often point to these spiritual reality. So what are you hoping for just us as Christians to uh, remember every time we approach that issue of sleep? Uh, Sure, I like that. Uh, in the small catechism, uh, when it talks about the morning and the evening prayers uh, that that we should do, 
Luther mentions that we should say the invocation in the, in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I love how we begin our day and end our day with those words uh, reminding us, this is when I became a Christian. This is when I, God adopted me as his child. And that in the morning when I wake up, at the end of the day, no matter what happened that day and how I feel about it, I'm still God's child. And the same thing is true at the end of our life. When we do approach death, we're still God's children through our baptism. And on the day of Christ's return and he starts raising the dead, we're still God's children because he marked us in baptism. And so it's this, uh, so much of the Christian life is just living in a rhythm in and around our baptism. Very well said. How did you intend to benefit your hearers in their faith or life? I hope to, uh, my hope was for reflecting on sleeping and those times in our lives when we don't want to go to sleep because we don't want to face what will come when we awake, uh, to find comfort and rest, even in the challenges that come. Um, I, I did, I, I didn't, uh, say this as well as I wanted to, but I, I think about the verse when Jesus says in Matthew, come to me, all you who are, um, heavy laden and labored, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle, lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Uh, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And I, I turned that on its head a little bit in the sermon that there are these times being a Christian that it is, does not feel easy to be a disciple of Jesus. It, does, uh, it, it can be a burden to live faithfully in sync with him. And there are plenty of other burdens our lives have as well. And I wanted to reassure my hearer that even still, we have a rest in Christ that nothing can take away from our sin, death, the devil. No one can take away from that rest, that identity, that status we have in Jesus. Hmm. Yeah, I really like that. Just there's still trials and tribulations, but rest is is still there in Christ. Um, so then thinking about then the gospel that you, you gave us, um, how did you get to Jesus in your sermon? How was Jesus the medicine? Uh, sure. Oh, uh, yeah, that language of the medicine, that's a question uh, I like to think about with sermons is the answer is always Jesus. You know, he is the medicine, but it's important to think, how is he the, the right medicine, the right prescription for the problem? And so getting to Jesus in the sermon, you know, I utilize that painting. No, I know I get back to the Mount of Olives. I know I get back to his suffering and death. And I don't try to solve a lot of the problems I bring up in the sermon. I don't try to solve, you know, what will keep us from sleeping at night, the, the thing we may dread the next day. I don't try to solve the suffering in our lives. I mentioned the, the, the reality of children suffering. Uh, all I do is I direct us back to Christ, that in Him, mysteriously, it is through His suffering, is through His crucifixion, is through His resurrection, there is peace, there is rest. And while we may not be able to explain these things or solve them or enjoy enduring them, uh, Christ is true for us. And, and in that reality and in that status we have in our baptism through him, um, we know that suffering is not eternal. We know that death that approaches us is not eternal. And even the things that keep us from sleeping, uh, our God is still greater than them. Our God is risen. Is there anything else that you would just like to elaborate on on your sermon that maybe you wished you had 
included or almost included, but decided not to? That's a good question. Uh, I guess when I was writing the sermon this week, uh, I knew I was going to kind of begin and end with the painting and the transformation that we'll have by, you know, through the middle of the sermon. And I was wondering about how heavy-handed I needed to be in the middle parts. Uh, I, I didn't necessarily want to say, hey, when we had the story of uh, Jairus and his daughter that Jesus raised from the Dead Sea, she's rehearsing the resurrection. Um, I, I had kind of lines like that, but I kind of removed them, trusting that uh, reflecting the different parts of the sermon, those connections could be made. But I recognize sometimes the, the sermon may not feel as cohesive that way. Um, I think that's one thing that comes to mind. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I always think my conclusions are a little abrupt, and so that could be a, you know, maybe that might be a fair uh, feedback piece as well. <laughs> sure. Well, thank you, Pastor Adam. Uh, I don't have any other questions for you, but I appreciate your time and looking forward to seeing what this podcast does for everyone who listens. Maybe it helps facilitate more conversation of the faith with uh, others and Who's preaching on the, the next sermon? Is it Wednesday, Sunday? Uh, sure, yeah, uh, Ash Wednesday. I'm up for that. And we're beginning a, a series on the book of Judges for Wednesdays. And so I got the opening sermon that will hopefully kind of set the tone for the rest of our Wednesdays. And okay. each week we'll look at a different judge or judges. Uh, yeah, and the goal of this podcast is just to foster some discussion and reflection, answer your uh, questions that people may have, and uh, take uh, what goes on in the sermon into our week you know, maybe it lasts a little longer than, uh, than usual. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much. All right. Well, uh, thanks and, uh, have a good week. Yeah. Have a good week, you guys. All right. See ya.